Hi gorgeous, welcome to episode number 12. I am so excited to present our amazing guest today, Randy Gage. Hey, it's Randy Gage and you're listening to the worldwide award-winning, famous, lovely and talented Heart Cells podcast with Christine Schlansky. Wow, fantastic. I am so excited about this episode, Gorgeous. Before we start right in, I want to invite you to my seven-day challenge starting on 7th of January 2019. And you will learn seven mindset hacks to sell from your heart with ease, grace, confidence, and on your term. And this can be used for high ticket as well as lower medium ticket. So you will learn the number one reason that will make your potential client say yes. You will learn the sales power selling from your heart, being authentic and true to your values. Simple tools to use to shift your mindset into a sales success mindset right away. A special technique to let go of your negative emotions around sales as well as a technique to relax into the sale and access the confidence within. Opportunities at your fingertips that you can use right now, as well as turn negative into positive and support the positive and the choice, as well as asking for the sale with confidence. This is super, super exciting. Make sure you sign up right away. The pre-work will be out beginning of January. And for that, you need to hop on over to christineschlonsky.com slash challenge. So I see you inside. Let's continue with the episode. Randy Gage is a thought-provoking critical thinker who will make you approach your business and life in a whole new way. Randy is the author of 10 books translated into 25 languages, including the New York Times bestsellers, Risky is a New Safe and Mad Genius. He has spoken to more than 2 million people across more than 50 countries and is a member of the Speaker's Hall of Fame. When he is not prowling the podium or locked in his lonely writer's garret, you probably find him playing third base for a softball team somewhere. And today, he is spending his precious time with us. Please welcome Randy Gage. Hi, gorgeous. I am so super excited to be here today with Randy Gage. Well, welcome, Randy. Hey, great to be with you. Great to be with you. And thank you so much for um, yeah, your time for the interview. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. So let's start right in. Everybody or lots of people know that you are the person to go to when it comes to prosperity, when it comes to building a business and life you love. Is there anything you could share with us um, that people might not know about your area of expertise yet? Well, I'm an expert on building the life I love. And my whole work is like, hey, I'm not the be-all, know-all guru. 
I'm just sharing, here's what works for me. And hopefully that will provide you with some lessons so that you can build the life that you love. Because I'm not qualified to build the life that you love, but you are the most qualified person in the world to do that. So I just try to give people some some lessons I've learned, how to stay out of the ditches, <laughs> how to keep on the path and hopefully get where they want to go. Wonderful. So I, I would suppose that in order to do that, to build the life you love or for me to build the life I love, um, there's some clarity required of what we truly want. And we all have beliefs and we, we grow up in different societies and environments. So what tip could you give somebody who thinks or who feels, well, I want to do something in the world, I just don't know where to start? That's not uncommon. I see that pretty frequently. And I think you have to live, live in that and embrace that. Uh, everybody's in a hurry. Every 19-year-old on Instagram wants to be an entrepreneur and thinks they're the next Mark Zuckerberg or the next Steve Jobs. And even Zuckerberg and Jobs didn't have that figured out at 19 years old, right? Even though Zuckerberg, and they both did amazing things in their college years. So they were very young, but they didn't really know what they were going to do or how they were going to do it. They were, they were out there at the, at the all-you-can-eat buffet tasting different dishes and finding which ones they found delicious. And we all have to do that. And, and for most people, that's going to mean being an employee to begin with, working for somebody else. Uh, and your job is to be the very best employee you can be and be the most overqualified person at your position. And you get a better position. You get a better job. And then you become the most overqualified employee at that position. And next thing you know, if you're meant to be an entrepreneur, you'll be an entrepreneur. Because you know, my belief is that the universe will give you your next assignment when you're overqualified for your current one. So mm. that's my whole philosophy. And that's what I would recommend for anybody listening is adopt that philosophy. Just know that the universe will give you your next assignment when you're overqualified for the one you're doing right now. Yeah, I love that. Because so many, so many entrepreneurs listening, they're really, really heart-centered and they have a service or product that they love to bring into the world. But they're also a little bit afraid of making that sale or asking for the money. So what they then essentially need to do, they need to get better in practicing to make offers and practicing to stay in their heart when they actually ask for what they want. Is that true? Uh, is that true? Yes. I think that's true 30% of the time. Okay. Here, here's what I bet would be true 70% of the time. It has nothing to do with their product. It has nothing to do with their price. It has everything to do with their self-worth, their self-esteem, 
and their own worthiness issues. Mm-hmm. So they're afraid to ask for the order or they're, I mean, I saw a guy do a Patreon campaign, which is for those not familiar, it's a site where you, you're going to put out a product or service and people sponsor you. So like you could do a podcast, you could do your podcast on Patreon and people say, Hey, it's $10 an episode to watch or, you could do uh, people publish books on there and, you know, chapter at a time and everything. So he did this Patreon campaign. And then for one of the perks, which was level three, if it was, I think he got like a 60 minute, uh, you know, consultation with him and he priced it at $7 and 50 cents. I was like, dude, there's nobody in the world who's going to think you're worthy of any, con- any consultation. If you're selling it for $7 and 50 cents, that yeah. should be $750 or $7,500. But that's a worthiness issue, right? You have to believe in yourself enough to know. So like a lot of my book, I've written 11 books and I, you know, I guess probably half of them, maybe a third of them are direct selling because I've done a lot of work in the direct selling space. So I have like, maybe I've got three books, I think for direct selling. Um, and then I have a couple of books just for generic entrepreneurs. Um, the mad genius and risky is the new safe. Those really anybody who's entrepreneur wants to know about innovation, disruption, how you get in front of the future. And then the other half of them are on prosperity consciousness and that mindset thing. And, and the, the, the theme people will find in those books over and over is this worthiness issue thing of there's so much program. One book, I wrote an entire book just on the programming we get from organized religion, from government, and then what I would call the data sphere. TV, radio, newspapers, wow. magazines, the internet, social media, and there's so much of this programming that money is bad and rich people are evil. It's spiritual to be poor or it's noble to be poor. To be a successful entrepreneur, you have to exploit people. To be a successful entrepreneur, you've got to be a bad parent. Um, so if you've got that kind of mind viruses that you're infected with, and, and billions of people do, literally billions, that's where that plays out in that scenario that you're describing, Christine, where they're hesitant to ask for the order or hesitant to ask for the right price um, because it's really worthiness issues. And you, if they don't go and address that, which is the core foundational cause, then all of the sales techniques that they could learn from anybody aren't going to make any difference for them. Yeah, I so I so agree. And I, I would like to dive into that. So first of all, guys, if you want to check out Randy's books, just go to randygage.com. And they're also in the show notes in the comments. And um, a really wonderful thing that Randy does as well is Prosperity TV. And uh, I just watched episode 322 <laughs> with a very provoking um, headline um, is it time the grandma one? <laughs> to kill your grandma? <laughs> no, and I think it just yeah. fits perfect what you just said with the beliefs and you know religion and how we brought up. 
Um, yeah. And obviously you are not suggesting to anybody to kill their grandma, um, but I'm quite sure that this episode got uh, a lot of attention due to the title as well. So what was it if you wrap it up, because it fits so beautifully into the mindset piece and worthiness piece of people, um, why did you call that episode, um, Is It Time to Kill Your Grandma? Well, because I wanted them to, because I gave the example of my Catholic grandma with all of her uh, uh, papal guilt and, uh, you know, the, all, all of the Catholicism guilt. But anyone with a Jewish grandma or a Greek grandma or a Filipino grandma or a Russian grandma, they're all going to relate because it's this generational thing. Yeah. So there were generational beliefs which just get passed from generation to generation to generation. And nobody thinks about them. Nobody questions those beliefs. So, of course, my grandma was raised in the Depression era. So she was, had such poverty consciousness that, as you know, you watch the show. I told the story. I gave her a massage, uh, like a gift certificate for a massage in a spa one Christmas. And my family called me and said, she was crying. She was so upset. Why you wasted your money? Because yeah. she already has a lady who does her wash and set hairstyling. And she would never, it didn't dawn on me till afterward, but she would never in a million years allow somebody to give her a massage. That's just yeah. not even in her frame of reference, right? I, I have this whole different, consciousness right i get a professional massage every week at least once sometimes more than once right and i'm a massage connoisseur and the thai massage and the you know all the different yeah. types and um that's one of the ways i show myself that i'm worthy i order fresh flowers delivered to my home every week i get a massage every week i take care of myself right um that stuff For my grandmother, that, that was like, just couldn't even exist in her consciousness. So she had a belief structure that needs to be killed. And yeah. everybody has their grandparents and their parents and themselves, right? That you're now, there's people listening to this right now who the problem is the belief structure they have that they're passing on to their children. Yeah, because they haven't done the critical thinking on the the most important issues we face are God, religion, health, marriage, relationship, sex, money. And most people, they're shocked to discover that they they formed those formative beliefs on those vital subjects before they were eight or nine years old. And at no point in their life did they ever go back and question those and say, oh, does that belief really serve me? Is that belief still relevant in the world today? Um, I'm so, I lived with the Colombian girl for a while. So we're sitting on the sofa one day. She asked me to give her her purse. She wants to get something out of it. I hand her her purse. She takes something out. She gives it back to me, and I set it on the floor. No, 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 no,
she says, the floor is no place for a purse. Okay, so I pick up the purse and I put it back on the sofa and then I'm thinking about it. So then I start laughing and she's like, what's so funny? And I say, you just said the floor is no place for a purse. She, you know, she, we were probably 25 each or something like that. Just doesn't sound like something a 25 year old would say. It sounds like something you learned from your mother or your grandmother. So she starts, she looks puzzled for a minute and then she starts laughing and she says, yes, my grandmother said that to my mother and my mother said that to me. And so it's just a belief she adopted. Yeah. Nowhere along the line did anybody say, well, why is the floor no place for a person? <laughs> right. And it's just, that's the, that's how our beliefs pass down generation to generation. And now with the power of the internet and social media, these beliefs are transmitted mind viruses. They literally are mind viruses. They're, they're like a, like you can get a, a virus on the hard drive of your computer. You can get a virus in your subconscious mind and they can just, uh, a negative mind virus can ricochet around the world in minutes today because mm. it goes viral on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Yeah, it's so interesting with the purse. Actually, somebody said the same thing to me. <laughs> Not yeah. in my family, though. But the reason was that if you put it on the floor, then the money runs out. Then right. the money what, can whatever. The money that, runs out. Like, right. I mean, what a crazy <laughs> so, what a crazy belief that is. Is it? Yeah. And it's as you said, it's passed on from generation to generation. And so often people don't even realize that they need to have a deeper look and need to maybe question those beliefs and those things they say to themselves over and over and over again, like money doesn't grow on trees. Or, you know, to make a sale, you need to be pushy or sleazy or unethical. Right. Um, and then it keeps them from, from actually having a thriving business. So what, what, if we just think about the entrepreneur who wants to bring more of their gifts into the world, um, where, where, do you know where they could start? Like what would be a really good question to start with so they can actually have a check on their belief system? Well, that's kind of two questions. One, where do you start as an entrepreneur? And two, where do you start on checking out the belief system first? Yeah. Uh, here, I'll give you, I'll give everybody listening a quick test. This was actually on my own podcast this morning. I did a show on people who give up on their dreams. And, but, but the, here was this scenario I opened the show with. You're driving along, you're on your way to work, and you see a car by the side of the road. You come up and you see it is a hot fire engine red Ferrari and there's a guy standing outside the Ferrari and the front tire is flat what's your knee-jerk default reaction most people would find that mildly amusing they would find that perversely humorous or even uproariously humorous They'd say, I'm driving along in my beat up old Honda. And here's this guy with his $250,000 Ferrari. He's got a flat tire. How funny is that? 
Now, same scenario, you're driving along to work and you call, and then there's a 10-year-old Toyota broken down and there's a woman standing outside the Toyota. Most people, what's their default reaction? I wonder, is she okay? Do I need to check? If she's, does she need help changing the tire? Does she have a cell phone? Is somebody on the way? Is she, is she all right? That would be, I think for, a, I think 75 or 85% of the world would have those same both default reactions with the guy in the Ferrari and the, the lady in the Toyota. So if that's true for you guys listening, then I can tell you right away, you already have a bias against money. You have a bias against wealth. You've got mind viruses there you need to address. If you loved the movie Titanic or Avatar, you have a horrific mind virus against people with money, right? I could just give examples after examples of both books and movies and TV shows and all the pop culture stuff. Uh, because those are the ones that become the biggest hits, the ones that pander to the beliefs that we already hold, that money are bad, rich money's bad, rich people are evil, spiritual to be poor, blah, 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 all of those ones we talked about. Um, so right away, just answer those questions and you can know. Then yeah. if we go to your second question, which is about the entrepreneurial thing, then I'm going to say, read my book, Mad Genius. Because that is my manifesto for entrepreneurs, where I really challenge them to, that your goal is to disrupt yourself. Your, your goal should be, how would I put myself out of business? If the taxi drivers would have thought of that, Uber could have never done what they did to them. If the bookstores would have had that thought, then Amazon could have never done what it did to them. If hotels had that thought, then Airbnb could never have dented them the way it has. Um, so that's kind of what that book is about. How you, as people say, because so that book was for entrepreneurs and the one before it was called Risky is the New Safe. That was also for entrepreneurs. And in Risky is the New Safe, I predicted Bitcoin, Brexit, CRISPR gene technology, gene editing, so many things. And people are like, Gage, are you Nostradamus? How did you predict all these things and know that they would happen? And I'm not a futurist. You don't have to be a futurist. Any, any real futurist will always tell you the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed yet, right? So all those signs were there that pointed those things. And really what I'm, I'm showing people in those books is how to just look around the corner and see what the future is going to bring. And then once you do that, what you're looking for is what are the problems that are going to come with that? What are the challenges that are going to come with that? What are the obstacles that are going to come with that future? Because that's how entrepreneurs really create wealth. We do two things. We solve problems and we add value. And so once you know what the problems are, then you just got to say, okay, how's a way I can help solve those problems or how's a way I can add value? By add value, we could show how to make something faster. We could show how to make something easier. We could show how to make something cheaper. We could show how to make something last longer. We could show something to have a higher cachet or perception in the market. Solve problems, add value. And um, so like for the people listening to this who are salespeople, your, your homework is 
who's your perfect target prospect or candidate? And then you ask yourself, okay, what are the three things that are keeping them lying awake at night? Yeah. And once you know what those three things are, you will never have an issue to solve to sell anything ever again. Because instead of saying, how do I sell them? Or what do they sell them? You say, okay, I know what their problems are. Now, what can my product or service do to help them solve those problems or add value? And then it's not a sale anymore. It's, it's effective marketing. Yeah. I've always said, I'm, I'm a horrible salesperson. I'm deathly afraid of rejection. I'm never going to make a cold call if my life depended on it. I'm a horrible salesperson, but I'm a brilliant marketer because I see marketing as educating my prospect mm. and giving them, you know, educating them enough that they will make the right decision for them. I don't want to convince them. I don't want to close them. I don't want to pressure them. I want to present them enough information that they can make the decision whether or not my product is, will help them solve problems or add value. And if I do that, I'm never going to worry about making money. Yeah, that's brilliant. And um, so great to adapt for everybody listening that you don't even need to worry. If you bring the value, the money is going to come. Yeah, right? absolutely. Well, thank you so much, uh, Randy. We're going to be back for the next interview. And uh, thank you for all the wisdom that you shared with us today. Hey, thanks for everybody listening. What an interview, Gorgeous. I feel so honored and grateful to have had this conversation with Randy. And he spends even more time with us. So make sure you are tuning in for the next episode as well. Just subscribe so you get the notification. And please share with your friends and business partners so they have the opportunity to listen to this interview as well well. For all the show notes, the transcript, the amazing resources we talked about, hop on over to christineschlonsky.com. I'm inviting you to join the seven-day challenge today uh, to learn seven mindset hacks to actually make your sales game more fun and create ease, grace, confidence, and also make it on your terms. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com slash challenge or just Christine Schlonsky and find other goodies like the sales journaling prompts that you can actually use right away and implement in your next sales conversation so that you already have the mindset shift. Have a wonderful day and tune in to the next episode. Bye for now.